doesn't love some Monday night football? What was super awesome was I wasn't even done with work yet. The Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills had started their game. So I'm like, you know what? I got about 20 minutes, 30 minutes left. We'd already closed our doors. No customers were coming in. Most of my co-workers were gone. Just a few left. You know what? I'm going to watch this game while I get my stuff done. It was awesome. That 20 minutes, 30 minutes was probably the best 20 or 30 minutes of the day. Watching football, getting paid, doing work. It was awesome. What can I say? What is also awesome is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 122. I am your host, Braden Lachance. Thank you for joining us. As always, much appreciated. Love the support. Hopefully we're insightful, entertaining, and help you out through the day. What I love about podcasts is I listen to them when I'm mowing the yard, washing dishes, taking a walk at the gym. I listen to podcasts all the time while I'm doing something else, playing video games. I'll put NBA 2K on mute, put on Spotify on my PlayStation with the podcast. It's awesome. So I'm glad that you are bringing Edge of Your Seat podcast in your life somehow, whether you're doing something activity-wise or even driving. That'd probably be the number one if you're driving for work or any other occasions. So thank you. Thank you very, very much. Hopefully you keep listening. Ways you can do that, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. You can also hit us up on social media, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. If, while you're listening, you come up with some questions, or you want to know something, or you think of a guest, somebody that you know that'd be like, hey, I think that would be a good show. Send us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. So that was a great start of the night, a little after work special, or sort of, kind of during work and then finish after work. But the Chiefs get the 26-17 win over the Bills. Kind of, sort of, feel sad for fantasy owners who had Patrick Mahomes. It was raining, it was kind of really nasty where they were playing, and didn't get a lot of points. But on the other hand, the Chiefs rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was fantastic. I have him on two of my three teams. I think he scored 18 points in one, and just because there's a little scoring differences, I think I got 19 and a quarter or something like that in the other. But good bounce back win from the Chiefs after losing to the Raiders in week five. Bills dropped two straight. They lost to the Titans last week, and then now the Chiefs. They'll bounce back, though. They're a good team. No doubt in my mind, Bills will be all right. We will break down more NFL games. Come the next show, we still got Cardinals and Cowboys going on right now. We'll break down the whole week, the next show, which will probably be Tuesday. Today is Monday, October 19th. Probably Tuesday, October 20th. That's the plan. Might get pushed. Not trying to get any attention for this, but it is my birthday. I'm an old man, and maybe I want to celebrate it doing a podcast. That might be what happens. If it doesn't come out on Tuesday, that means my loved ones talk to me into dinner or doing something after work. So, it's either going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. Can't promise you it will be Tuesday, but I'm going to try. Otherwise, Wednesday for sure. No later than Wednesday. Got a great lineup of guests 
and in the works of getting even more guests. Gotta love it, right? Gotta love it. Hopefully you've been watching some baseball lately. We are now to the World Series. I have to, I have to say thank you to the Tampa Bay Rays. I wanted Houston Astros out of this postseason before the regular season even started. They should not have even been allowed to play. I've been hoping and wishing for teams to knock them out the entire postseason, and it has not happened until the Rays got it done in the American League Championship Series. So thank you, Rays. Now you get to meet the Los Angeles Dodgers, who came back from being down 2-0 to the Atlanta Braves. I think they may be a little tired of being known as the choke artist or the team that cannot get it done in the postseason. They have so much talent on that Dodgers squad and get knocked out of the playoffs every year where they either got a lead or just dramatic moments that they just can't put it together. Well, now they're in the World Series. Let's see what happens. Going against the Rays, who are a really, really, really good squad. But so are the Dodgers, so we'll see what happens. I don't really love Clayton Kershaw. I don't hate him. I think he's a fantastic pitcher, one of the best in the game, if not the best, for the last four or five years. But with that said, I want the Dodgers to win so he can get a ring. That might sound crazy, probably really crazy, but between the Rays and the Dodgers, I have no love for either team. I am not a fan, but it would be cool to see Clayton Kershaw get the ring, win a championship, and get off of that list of great ones that couldn't get it done. Because that's where he is right now. Like one of the greatest that haven't got it done. He's been ruling the MLB as the best on the mound. I know I said one of the best, but when you think of pitchers, he's usually the first one that comes to your mind. And if it's me, he is the first one that comes to my mind when we're talking amazing pitchers in the game right now. Kershaw deserves to win a championship. The World Series starts tomorrow on Tuesday, October 20th. And Kershaw is on the mound for the Dodgers while the Rays will be putting Tyler Glasnow on the mound. So, good matchup. Number one's going to be fantastic. I'm ready for the World Series. Ready, ready, ready. I feel like a kid in the candy store. We had the NHL Stanley Cup, NBA Finals, now the MLB World Series, like bam, 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 with amazing sports action in between with playoff action, started the NFL football season. This has been absolutely fantastic for a sports fan. No doubt about it. Fantastic. I can't say it enough. That's how happy I am as a sports fan, a man who's about to be 35 years old tomorrow, but I still feel like I'm a little kid when it comes to stuff like this. You just get like antsy, like, I want to watch sports. I want to play sports. Yes, I still try to play basketball when I can. No, yeah. <laughs> but watching sports, paying attention to sports, talking about it, fantasy sports, man, that's my whole life. So to have everything all at one moment, this is probably going to be forever remembered. Yes, COVID-19 has hit us hard, and 2020 in general has been an awful year. But having everything happen at one time when it comes to sports and no delays and no waiting and there's constantly postseason action or an elimination game or any situation like that in any of these leagues, it has been absolutely phenomenal. What's also fantastic is staying physically fit. 
staying active and enjoying it while doing it. Since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley, a customized way to get into shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan. Whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach, LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across some secret nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Lots of players and teams we have to give shout outs for in the girls tennis scene. IHSA had the sectionals Friday and Saturday. Lots of awesomeness all across Illinois as always. Unfortunately, there is not a state tournament. So this was it for the tennis players. They got a sectional and a chance to shine because we didn't even know we were gonna have a season. They got one and they were amazing. Absolutely amazing. At the Class 1A Ottawa sectional, Ottawa comes out victorious with 32 points. Congratulations to Ottawa from Edge of Your Seat Podcast for winning a team sectional. Not an easy feat. Definitely not an easy feat with the level of tennis played at that sectional. So many good teams, so many good players. The Lady Pirates able to hold their heads up high, a plaque high, celebratory moment. Congratulations. Fantastic. Fantastic. I should have tallied how many times I said that word. Fantastic. Maybe say it again, like fantastically. LaSalle Peru, who I had on the show for episode 120 with seniors Lauren Klein and Brianna Strell and coach Aaron Gunther. They scored 24 points for second. Congratulations to the Lady Cavs. Morris had 16 points for third. Cole City was 4th with 12. St. Bede scored 8 points for 5th. There was a 3-way tie for 6th as Mendota, Princeton, and Streeter had 6 points each. There was also a tie for 9th as Marquette and Pontiac played hard but could not get on the scoreboard as they finished with 0. The singles leaders, the top 4 placers, all Ottawa and LP. The winner, the dominant singles player, was Ottawa junior Ella Marvel. Second, LaSalle Peru sophomore Carly Miller. Ottawa took third from junior Sarah Meyer. And then junior Catherine Ingalls of LaSalle Peru took fourth. So Ottawa, LP, Ottawa, LP. They went at it. Man, they went at it. The doubles bracket was taken by the Morris duo of senior Kyla Kajelsvik and junior Grace Lines. I am sorry, Kyla, if I butchered your name. You do have a very interesting name. If I get a chance to speak to you, please correct me. But Kyla, Grace, the winners 
from Morris, a senior and a junior. Congratulations. Ottawa took second and third as junior Kylie Ozweski and Mary Riva, who is a senior, they took second. And Marta Johnson and Rebecca Felty. Marta's a senior, Rebecca's a junior, they were third. LP's duo, who I just mentioned, Lauren Klein and Brianna Strell, took fourth. Congratulations to all of them. I know a lot of these names. I've seen a lot of them play. I know this is fantastic tennis. So to get to that level, to be able to score points, for your team to win, finish second, third, fourth, that's hard. It's not easy. I know players, teams don't want to finish fourth, fifth, sixth, anyway down the line. But be proud of yourselves for what you did because that's tough. And I see the level again. So congrats to everybody who is in this sectional. At the Rochelle sectional, still class 1A, Sycamore won with 28 points. Dixon was second, 18 points. With 15 points, Rochelle took third. Freeport with 12 points was fourth. Sterling tallied 11 for fifth. Rockford Boylan had eight points for eighth place. Three-way tie for seventh is Rockford Lutheran, Belvedere, and Sterling Newman all had four points apiece. Rockford Keith Country Day had two points for 10th place. And playing hard, but not getting on the scoreboard, Rockford Christian had zero points for 11th place. The singles bracket was taken by Dixon senior Riley Bailey. Congratulations to Riley, winning that very, very tough sectional. Second was Ella Sharp, a senior from Sycamore. Third was Sterling senior Lexi Rodriguez. And then Anika Foster from Freeport finished her senior year with a fourth place finish in the singles bracket. The doubles bracket was dominated by Rochelle and Sycamore. Sycamore pulled out the win from senior Emma Harden and sophomore Abby Bordage. Second place was Rochelle, Melissa Young, and Jordan Dickey, both of them juniors. Rochelle also took third with senior Sawyer McGee and junior Sylvia Haas. And Sycamore took fourth with sophomore Abby Golombiski and junior Olivia King. Congratulations to all. Fantastic tennis. Hopefully you had a great season. I know it was condensed. I know you had to change tournaments and invites and couldn't go about things the way that you're used to, that you have been your whole entire high school career. But to be able to play had to be a great feeling and to go out knowing you still competed at a very, very high level. Sorry if I butchered, slaughtered any names. Also, shoot me an email. Try to help me say it. I appreciate it. Edge of your seat podcast at gmail.com. It is getting colder. It's October, almost the end already. Wow, only 11 days left of October, then we get to November, and it is a cold time of the year after that. But before we get to the very, very cold, why don't we do some fixing around the house? Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, garage additions, room additions, and remodels. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions 
taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olsen Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olsen Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olsen Construction LLC page or via email olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com. The last week has been amazing sports-wise, but also musically. I listened to a ton of music, so we got a deep dive into albums. Gonna do it once a week. Started off last week with Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic album from 1975. I moved up a few years, stayed in the rock genre, as we had to pay tribute and honor Eddie Van Halen, rest in peace. So I put polls on Twitter and Facebook, all Van Halen albums, and Diver Down was victorious. So I listened to the album that came out in April of 1982. And if I had to describe the album in one word, I'd say okay, or average. I know that sounds blasphemous. It's Van Halen and great, great, historic, epic, rock hall of fame type of band. Eddie Van Halen, known as one of the best guitar players ever to step foot on this planet. But this album was really hard for me to connect to. The number one reason being is I've never been a fan of covers, whether it's rap or country or rock or whatever. I am more impressed or more listened to artists that have their own music. I know Van Halen has tons of original music that they have done. And I am not saying that any of their other albums or any of their other work is average. But this one had five songs that were covers on a 12-song album. Almost half of the album was somebody else's songs that they redid. And it was also their shortest album, 31 minutes and 4 seconds. Their shortest album ever. I did look into it. I read some notes. Got some history. The reason that they had so many covers... And the reason it was so short is because it was kind of just like a here you go album. They had just got off the tour, wanted to break, wanted to relax, wanted to recharge their batteries. But they're like, hey, let's put out a song, make it a cover to let people know we're still here. So they put out Old Pretty Woman, which was a remake of Roy Orbison's song Pretty Woman that originated in 1969. They're like, hey, let's make this awesome song. We'll put it out. Keep our name in the limelight for a while while we're taking a break. Well, the record label was like, hey, this song is getting traction. You're on the charts. Pump out an album. Let's do it right now. So that's why there were so many covers. And that's why it was so short. Because they were just creating something because of supply and demand. Van Halen fans wanted to hear it. Rock fans wanted to hear it. So they put it out. It sounds like a quick album. It sounds like it only took them 12 days to complete. That's all it took them, 12 days. But their fifth studio album, Diver Down, did go four times platinum. Not easy to do at all. That just shares just a little bit of their awesomeness as musicians. David Lee Roth, I know him as the crazy dude. The only thing I knew about Van Halen before listening to this, before hearing about Eddie Van Halen's unfortunate passing, was David Lee Roth and the song Jump. I remember the video, when I was a little kid and MTV still did those things, like play music videos, like that's what their name is, music, video, television, and they don't show music videos, but they did at one point. Most kids 
never know that and never will know that. But David Lee Roth, I remembered him as a personality. I remember hearing crazy stories that he's a wacko or he's nuts, but he's a good singer and Van Halen's awesome. I remember hearing those things. So it was cool to actually hear his voice, check out how he worked in, you know, a band format, an album from 1982. On the electric and acoustic guitars, Eddie Van Halen heard he was one of the best and it shows in this album. I am going to go check out other Van Halen albums because... I want to hear more Eddie. Michael Anthony, the bass guitarist, and then Eddie's brother, Alex Van Halen, on the drums. Fantastic musicians. You can never take away from their music at all. Whether you like it or not, like personally, that's your taste or not your taste in music. They get down. They know what they're doing. Cannot take that away from them. But Diver Down was on the charts for 65 weeks. Like I said, went four times platinum. They're Peak position on the U.S. charts was third, but the end of the year 1982 charts, it was 60th. So it ranked 60th out of the albums in 1982. And I talked about covers. Five of them were covers, but three of the songs were already done or already being played by Van Halen before they were put on this album. Hang em High, Cathedral, and Happy Trails were already played by Van Halen in clubs and small gigs before they got big or during when they got big but just never put them on an album. So, 12 songs, 5 covers, 3 of them were already songs that they didn't just create for this album. Sorry I keep going to the point that this was a quick album and not really new stuff, but it does paint a picture. It does let you know why this album sounds like it does. I'm not saying it's not polished or the music doesn't sound good, but it does sound like a rushed album. Van Halen's three singles off the album were Oh Pretty Woman, that started the whole thing. The second single was Dancing in the Street, which was a cover of Martha and the Vandellios. And then David Bowie and Mick Jagger would later go on to redo it in 1993. I knew the 1993 version. I did not know Van Halen had done a cover of it. Then the third single was Where Have All the Good Times Gone, which was originally a kink song. When I was doing my research and looking up stuff, I am not the only one that's not a fan of covers. Eddie Van Halen actually said this in an interview. I'd rather have a bomb with one of my own songs than a hit with someone else's. That lets me know that he was creative and wanted to do his own thing and not try to copy off of others. That makes me like him even more. Because if you've got the God-given talent and the creativity to make your own music, your own pieces of work, do it. Why take from somebody else and take credit away from them or try to share it with somebody? That's how I look at it. 12 songs, let's break these down real quick. I'll tell you my thoughts. I do recommend going to check it out. Diver Down is a cool, quick, like I said, it's quick. It's 31 minutes. You can listen to the whole thing in a workout. I actually did that twice. I listened to the whole album seven times including once yesterday. I actually pushed today's show so I could listen to it one more time, get my real feelings out there. The first two songs of the album kind of tie for my second favorite song because they're kind of similar. They have the same qualities that I like. It's fast, it's upbeat, the hooks are cool. Eddie Van Halen's riffs in both of them are insane. They are Where Have All The Good Times Gone, already mentioned that, really catchy. Really, really catchy. Listen to the words. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. We all sit back and think, man, 
remember five years ago I was with this person. Ten years, I was with this group of friends. Oh, uh, my college years. Yeah, we all can relate to that. And then the second song is Hang Em High, which I really liked. My favorite part was the riffs, was Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing. He went to town, went to town. Check out that song just to hear him play. Fantastic. But they followed that up with a short instrumental that I really didn't like, and that was Cathedral. Like I said, they'd already been playing it. Eddie had said in an interview that he's been playing it since like 1977, I believe he said. Just an instrumental, but it was like kind of dark and sort of church-ish. I guess that's why you call it Cathedral. Just not my vibe. Wasn't feeling it. The fourth song is called Secrets. It's a cool chill song. Secrets just gives off like a cool vibe, like you're driving down the highway, hair in the wind, sunglasses on, jamming out to some rock music from 1982. That's Secrets. And there's a story behind it too, talking about guys, girls, getting together, on the road, wherever. You see a woman, some of the lyrics, she's got rhythm, she's looking good. Lots of things like that said, you get the point, you get the drift. Number five is a one minute and 39 intro called Intruder. Riffs are all right, but it's very dark, very... It's kind of what it sounds like. Didn't like it at all. It is my least favorite minute and 39 seconds of the album, but it does flow into Old Pretty Woman kind of nicely. Goes from the dark screeching and guitar to Old Pretty Woman, and you guys know the song, you've heard it a million times, yeah. But Old Pretty Woman and Dancing in the Street, songs six and seven are just kind of like, eh, I've heard them before, I like listening to new music, music that's not somebody else's. Great songs, well done, Van Halen puts a little of their own flavor on it, which is cool. The eight song Little Guitars intro, again, super cool guitar playing with a little Mexican-Latina vibe, Hispanic vibe. Really, really dug it. Really dug it. And then that goes into Little Guitars, the song, and that is my favorite on the album. The hook is awesome. When I hear Van Halen and the songs that I have heard, this is the kind of song I think of. I like how it starts. I like how they get into the song, the intro of it, the end of it, everything. It's kind of like a feel-good love song. Hey, Senorita, just a good, good, great, great, fantastic rock song. I said good, good, great, great, and fantastic. That means I loved it, and that's totally my favorite song on the album. The 10th song, Big Bad Bill, threw me off, because you got rock, you got heavy guitar riffs, you got Oh Pretty Woman dancing in the street, and then all of a sudden you got this like old school... Like, when I heard it, I thought of Charlie Chaplin. Like that, dum, ding, dum, 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 dum. Like that just sort of goofy melody from, like, the 40s or 50s. Any comedy, black and white, that you saw, you know what I'm talking about. That kind of comical, mime-like music. Hopefully you know what I'm talking about. But just picture a Charlie Chaplin movie and the music that you always hear with that. That's what this song sounded like. But it had an amazing story about not a big bad dude, big bad Bill, the baddest man in town, didn't want to fight him, didn't want to look at him, didn't want to talk to him because you were scared of him. 
Then he gets married, has a couple kids, and his whole life changes. We can relate. We all know that person or are that person. I like the story. The beat. I said the beat like it's a rap song. The music was a little different. Wasn't expecting it. But it was cool. I like the randomness. The different kind of vibe. Full Bag was the 11th song. It was okay. Don't really have anything else to say. It was okay. It was just a rock song. Didn't really feel it. Didn't connect, but didn't hate it either. The last song on the album was Happy Trails. They created it as a joke. Just like, happy trails to you. And again, kind of got that Charlie Chaplin-like music. And you kind of get it. Like, hey, this is a joke. But peace out. We'll see you later next album. So it was cool. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was cool. And that's how I feel about the album. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was cool. I'm like, all right. There's a few songs I added to my podcast playlist, but I'm probably not going to listen to the full album again. I mean, I did listen to it seven times, but if I love the music, love the album, I will go back to it. There's a lot of albums I go back to all the time. I've listened to some probably hundreds, and I'm talking about literally hundreds of times. You never know if you're going to hear something either in the music or in the lyrics that you didn't hear before. So I'll listen to the albums as many times as I want to. This one, probably not. There are some songs I will go back and listen to, including Little Guitars, Where Have All the Good Times Gone, Hang Em High, probably Big Bad Bill. I'll probably listen to them. They're all on a Spotify playlist, and I don't think, at least for the next, I don't know, a little bit, a couple months, I won't hit the next button when they come up. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you have any ideas of albums that you want to share with me, some music that maybe I don't listen to that I want to listen to that I don't know that I want to listen to that you need to share with me. Again, social media, Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. Also send an email, Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. I'm probably going to put up a poll tonight with the next selections for the deep dive for next week. I really appreciate you helping, voting, and give me something to listen to. Much appreciated, as always. Well, that's enough national sports. Illinois High School postseason. Again, congrats to all the golfers, all the tennis players that did their thing, that just crushed it all season, the shortened regular season, and the postseason. October 24th is the sectionals for girls swimming, and the regional for boys and girls cross country. So only a few events left of the fall season coming to a close. And then, of course, winter sports will start up. Let's get to Karch Kowalczyk. Everybody enjoy your Monday nights. We will be back again either Tuesday or Wednesday with the show. I want to do Tuesday, but it's the birthday. People might want to do something, so I can't really schedule not knowing what's going to happen. You never know these things. We also got another special birthday coming up the 22nd, and that's Edge of Your Seat Podcast, turning one years old. It's like a little baby infant, only getting better as time goes, and it's all because of you. Appreciate the love and support and listening. Until next time, peace. MLB playoffs are in session, have been for a little bit. We're already to the American League, National League, 
championship series lots of stuff going on sports all around hockey just wrapped up the stanley cup we have everything going on but baseball more focused today as we have a pro player right now with us lasalle peru graduate now an independent league karch kowalczyk what's going on my man uh not too much just uh happy to be home and uh happy to get to spend this time with you right here yeah, I'm excited to have you on. We've done some work in the past when I was with the local newspaper. You were sending in stories about your, you know, tours around the states, playing ball and the different levels and your injuries and everything else. And saw some stuff on Twitter and Facebook. And I'm like, man, I got to talk to my boy Karch. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that sounds good to me. I actually saw your uh, some of your episodes before. I, I actually thought in the back of my mind, maybe I'll get on there one day. No, I know you didn't. Now you're lying. <laughs> no, I'm not lying. I swear, I swear. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Well, here we are. You're on. All right. I'm ready. So what I saw on Facebook and Twitter were some photos of you with another championship winning the independent league that you're in. Man, it seems like you're winning championships every year. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's try to say it as humbly as I can. But yeah, I mean, uh, kind of getting used to it. Literally in every year of Pro Bowl, I've won it besides my first draft season and one full season. But everything else, I've walked away with the ring. So I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I expect it every year, but I definitely uh, look forward to the playoffs every year. Definitely. So how many championships do you have now after leaving LaSalle, Peru? So after leaving LP, that uh, would include college. So we've gone five pro seasons with the ring and two in college. So seven total out of the what's it i mean over 10 years now but so pretty good a pretty good uh percentage wise what year did you graduate lp uh it was 2009 2009 so you leave in 2009 and since then you have seven championship rings in about 11 years yeah that is correct that is pretty insane <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean i've been definitely fortunate been able to be surrounded by a lot of talent too so a lot of winning teams which makes it even more fun than the whole experience anyway. So definitely, definitely uh, happy about it. Do you keep these trophies and accomplishments in a vault? Do you got a safe? Do you have cards? <laughs> like, how do you keep this stuff? I mean, I mean, I got a little safe. Uh, I, don't, I mean, it's definitely not like bulletproof security wise. I mean, if you walked into its location, you might be seeing the key just sticking out of the keyhole. So it might be accessible, but they're at least in a safe. I could say that. Gotcha, gotcha. At least they're... You know, in somewhere protective, whether that place is protective or not, who knows? Right, right, right. Yeah, I definitely keep them. I don't keep them close, but I, I mean, I can get to them easy if anyone ever wants to see them or whatever. And I mean, it's a good keepsake. Definitely, for sure. So what is the team that you won with this year and what is the name of the independent league? So I played on the Milwaukee Milkmen uh, based out of Franklin, Wisconsin, which is right out, right outside of Milwaukee. And then uh, that's in the American Association uh, Independent League uh, spread out throughout the entire country normally, but this year it was just kind of stuck in the upper Midwest because of COVID. Gotcha. Did the COVID-19 era that we're in right now, I keep calling it era because we'll never forget any of this. How did it affect the season and the league and how things were played and moved around? It was definitely the, the umbrella that loomed over it all. Uh, initially, you don't even know if you are going to have a season. And then once they decided there was going to be a season, it was kind of like from the seat of your pants, they had a protocol in place, but they knew that it was going to get kind of tested here and there, and it definitely did. So it was always changing, but I mean, obviously with a, a lot more caution, just more uh, kind of tedious protocols than you're used to. You're used to pretty free range in indie ball, but 
definitely had to keep it as tight knit as you could. And I mean, we got through it. We got a whole full, not a whole full season, but the, the 60 game plan season in and a couple speed bumps here and there with some positive tests and everything kind of what the NFL is going through right now. But uh, I got through it and uh, it was a great experience. It's kind of hard not to get through that. I mean, NBA, MLB, I don't know about NHL because they were in Canada, but it seems like every league has had, you know, scares here, had to pull back here, pull back, but just keep chugging is kind of what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it, especially when you don't have a bubble, like the NBA was fortunate with basketball being able to be played inside on a court. Uh, you can keep all the teams kind of in the same area, but yeah, football's experience and now when uh, you're kind of sp- all spread out, guys in public and everything like that. You never know who gets it, who comes down with it. I mean, we had a guy that tested positive for it, and he had been quarantining by himself in Colorado, and then uh, also, like, was he was never a guy to go out or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, you never, never know who's going to get it, and you just got to kind of win. Uh, you take the punches when it comes. So he got it from, like, a gust of wind? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's like, who knows at this point? Like, it could, like, I mean, obviously a guy on the team could have been carrying it that didn't know, but, like, tested that. Like, because there's so many, uh, we were told with the test, there's, like, it's, like, some tests, like, some labs test for a higher, like, affinity for the virus than others and stuff like that. So I guess there's a bunch of variables that could lead to a positive test. And we also had one of those false positives that, like, the NFL has dealt with here where we all had to like immediately quarantine in a hotel and we had a game in Chicago at like 7, 10 p.m. We stayed in the hotel, didn't hear anything from our tests until like 5.15 where it uh, was deemed a false positive, everyone was good and we jumped on the bus and immediately got down there and played without really even stretching. So it was kind of a whirlwind here and there. Wow. So definitely an interesting, unique year that you've never witnessed before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it definitely uh, you, you, it wasn't the normal routine. I will say that it was. Uh, it was interesting. It was. I mean, it made it a little fun here and there. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was a testing year for sure. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. <laughs> Everywhere you're just watching the news, or even in your own little towns. I mean, I'm in Mendota, Illinois now, and you know, there's a big breakout here a couple months ago. Things got shut down after reopening after the initial quarantine, and it seems like that's happening here and there everywhere. Yeah, literally everywhere. Like there was, I know uh, a couple of times uh, on the bus, we would stop for like a lunch break or something like that. And then all of a sudden we're, uh, they'd be like, hey, this is the hottest spot for COVID in the country right now. So uh, you got to, then there'd be all different, like I know Culver's, like we stopped this Culver's, they didn't let us inside. You had, uh, there was like a little, like almost like a igloo building outside that people drove through. And we all had to go through on our feet to get our food there. So it was kind of interesting. Wow, wow. And yeah, and as you're traveling, I bet you ran into different circumstances everywhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, Wisconsin was pretty wide open. So, like, coming from Illinois to Wisconsin was a, an eye-opener. And the same thing with some guys that were coming from New York. Our head coach actually had been quarantined for 93 straight days, did not leave his house before the season. And then he gets to Wisconsin, and it's pretty. it was pretty open. So we all had to, like, kind of, like, it was an adjustment period to really, like, kind of see how we were going to play it. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was an experience. Well, I'd say that. So what level of play is the American Association that you're at now? I mean, you came out of LP, went to college, you've worked your way up after being drafted. Where are you at now level-wise? Obviously, with it being indie ball, you never know what you're going to get. I didn't know what I was going to get going in. But I played in this league last year, and it was there's roster rules where – you have to have some young guys, some veterans, and then like certain every uh, 
amount of experience. There's like a, four or five guys that you have on a team. So last year it was kind of like you'd have a few guys at the AAA, big league, double-A level, and then a few guys that just aren't there. But this year with uh, no roster rules, uh, the talent was crazy. It was uh, very comparable to the double-A teams, the triple-A experience that I've seen. Uh, we had our starting rotation was a bunch of ex-big leaguers trying to get back in. We had big leaguers in our bullpen. We had big leaguers on the field in our lineup. So it was uh, the average age probably was around 28, 29, kind of around my age, which is the craziest. I've never been on a team that veteran-based. So the talent and the experience was there. So really high level. Uh, one of the best teams I've actually been on, surprisingly. Any names that jump out that you know baseball fans would know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends how big of a fan. But uh, one of our starters was Henderson Alvarez. He has a no-hitter under his belt in the bigs with the Marlins. So there's a little experience there. A.J. Shugel was an eighth-inning guy for the Pirates in 17 and 18, I believe, with a little time in the Diamondbacks before that. Tim Dillard is kind of a social media personality he was in the bigs with the brewers and parts of four seasons he's like 37 now but he, he's uh known for his parodies on movies and everything that he does with uh certain guys every team that he's playing with so some guys might have heard of him and then the others are just kind of like a taste here and the drew hutchinson was in the i think he i don't know if he has an all-star season under his belt but he was with the blue jays for a while and then kind of bounced around but a lot of i think he's got like eight years or something david holmberg is another pitcher who had some experience with the Reds. But other than that, it's just guys that kind of like get like a little taste here and there, not really any big, big name guys. With you not cracking the majors yet, but being on a roster or a, you know, in the bullpen with guys like that, how was that for you? What was the experience like? Luckily, I've had that experience before with uh, in the minors. They've seen every level. So uh, anytime you, you want to question like, hey, how, uh, how's it work? Uh, up here when you want to do this or this and then uh, they also know a little more in depth in the game so like you're not you're not dealing with the kind of like younger prospect kid who might not necessarily know the ins and outs of like how to really get out like when you're struggling and everything like that so that's the cool part especially in the bullpen because everyone has had their time struggling in the bullpen because I mean every day is not the same out there so having those guys with that experience like you can just ask any question here and there and then you also realize that they're just like you like they're just another guy that nothing's like makes them crazy that's much special it's just they got the opportunity at the right time and uh now they're sharing the shoes that with you are sharing the same bench so you're just kind of experiencing it all together now and uh trying to get back where were you at in the lineup were you in the uh, rotation did you were you a closer reliever where did you come out at this year kind of bounce around initially i was more like an eighth inning guy uh have some saves that was a plan to be like back in and then it kind of like we had crazy good bullpen we had a guy who didn't give up a run the entire regular season and he was kind of a out of the nowhere all he had was a rookie ball experience so like no one ex- uh, expected that but he ended up being our closer just because i mean you ride that you ride that hot hand while you can and then we had about uh well shugel ended up being like a kind of the eighth inning guy he I was just he just knew what he was doing out there and then i kind of like I sprinkled in here and there, like 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. It depended uh, where I fit. It was, I was the guy with like the, the velo kind of at the back end, but along with another guy, the sinker, velo guy. So like we, we essentially had five closers on our roster, so you just mix us all in there, and uh, it worked out. We Our bullpen definitely dominated the whole season. And that's what leads to another championship. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a big part of it. We if uh, if we had the lead going into the sixth, it was uh, it was usually taken care of. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. As a pitcher, you know, always trying to develop, always trying to be better at your craft. What are some things over the years that you've definitely improved on, and you know, you're happy with what they are right now? I would say pretty much everything has improved. Uh, stuff wise, I might be at the best I've ever been, which is crazy to say because I definitely didn't think I'd be back to where I was, like in the 2015, 16, 17 levels. Uh, where I was sitting or throwing really hard and uh, sharp, sharp off speed, everything, but uh, kind of hit it hard last off season and came back and was pleasantly surprised to see myself back up there. So just kind of like sticking with, uh, I don't want to say the process because that's kind of getting so cliche nowadays, but uh, taking it day by day is my biggest thing. Like you go in that, that day with a goal to improve on a certain aspect or whatever, and then it all kind of snowballs. And then when you get to the final spot, or not its final spot, but, I mean, where if you're in the game and, uh, I mean, obviously you're still working to get him better, but uh, it all kind of builds up and keeps uh, over time. It's not going to happen, like, right from day or the next day is definitely not going to be your greatest day, but over time it's kind of chiseled to a pretty sharp tech. Uh, control's gotten better. That was always, like, my biggest knack. Injuries have gotten better. Uh, learn how to take care of myself, and uh, stuff's getting better and better, so... Uh, Kind of just all aspects over time. Just keep working hard every day. And uh, that's kind of what taking care of itself. Awesome, man. Well, congrats on everything you've been able to do. Seven championships after high school. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a, been a wild ride. So where do we go from here? I mean, you're in independent league. What are you shooting for? What are you trying to get to next? I mean, that's a loaded question right now. I'm in a weird spot to where, uh, I mean, obviously with a weird year, there's going to be a million free agents. So... A big goal, obviously, would be able to compete for a spot in a spring training and possibly make a roster down the road. And then also, I'm also have, I mean, I'm starting to plan for if baseball, if that opportunity doesn't come, starting to look maybe a little bit at grad schools, uh, looking into coaching, uh, maybe at the college level. But uh, I mean, I've already started helping out with LP's practices here and there and doing some lessons to kind of see how much I enjoy kind of spreading the knowledge I've been able to accumulate over the years. So kind of going both ways to where I'm on, uh, I'm on a, the top of the fence here. And uh, obviously I want to play uh, still because I uh, still feel great, but also preparing if that doesn't happen where I can uh, kind of stay along the sports. But uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if I got to hang them up yet, but if it, if it is the time, then uh, I'll be prepared for it. So getting to that age where it's, getting to that point you got to think like hey am i going to be able to stay in this game or hey am i coaching like what's next right right yeah don't man like once you get to a, a certain point like i'm 29 now but i'll be 30 before next season not as telling as it used to be but uh no matter how good you feel you're always going to have that value if you're just as good as a kid that's 23 uh they're going to obviously take the youth on their so uh yeah it's a weird spot it's not scary to me, but uh, definitely an uh, like exciting unknown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And like you said, if baseball isn't going to continue or you don't make a roster or something happens, you're already setting stuff up knowing like, hey, you got to do something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Always, uh, always try to be prepared a little bit. And, like, you, you don't need to be uh, overbearing about it. Like, but definitely uh, setting stuff up to be adjustable. 
Especially in 2020, our definition of life should just be adjustments. Like that should be right. like the, the title of the COVID-19 era. We're all making adjustments. Yeah, exactly. It is a one big fat year of adversity. So uh, just kind of kind of roll with it and then keep going. You just mentioned maybe going back and get your master's. Where did you go to school yeah. at? And would you go back to that school or get a master's somewhere else? And what would you try to get a master's in? I mean, I'm starting to look at it. Uh, I went to Valparaiso University, so studied biology and chemistry as an undergrad with the original plans of possible med school, but uh, that is definitely probably not in the cards right now. It kind of took, uh, after all the years, I mean, I've been through injuries, been through uh, some good strength programs and everything, kind of geared more towards the biomechanics side of things and wouldn't mind entering into that field a little bit to stay around sports and maybe eventually down the line run kind of like a sports performance lab that might like specialize in baseball but also provide like any athlete with just moving cleaner and more explosively. Valpo doesn't necessarily have that but then looking over there because I had started some grad programs in sports ed and there and I could always go back and finish and be and try to help out with the baseball team. And I think that's an option I could have. But so I'm looking at it all. Wouldn't mind being a grad assistant just to kind of get that coaching taste too to see if I enjoy that. Open maybe a route there as well. So definitely trying to branch out with as many branches as possible. So we'll see. That is a good way to do it, though. Put as many eggs in as many baskets as you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, you're not exactly specializing in one thing, but uh, yeah, it's an approach that I've gone with in just baseball in general, and I think I'm going to try to apply it to life a little bit, and I wouldn't mind being like a, not necessarily a jack of all trades, but at least a jack of a few trades, so uh, it'd be fun. Definitely, and it sounds like those eggs that you're putting in baskets are still kind of sports-related, baseball-related, so even if you're not playing, sounds like you still got some doors open to stay in the sports world, the baseball world. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I would for sure prefer to stay around the sports world. It's just, I mean, obviously it's a world I'm familiar with, but you just get so much diversity with uh, different people and everything, different uh, intelligence levels, different backgrounds. It's more exciting. Life's a little faster. Uh, I'm not sure like the, just the normal outside of sports world is for me or not, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully I can stay around sports and keep the competitive juices flowing even if I'm not able to play. Perfect. You are a smart man too, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. Just try to, you know, I try to listen. More, I'm more of a listener, so luckily I've been able to absorb most things I listen. I'm not going to try to be the guy that's uh, whose voice is heard, so I think that's what's led me to be able to kind of like sit back and uh, look at the bigger picture here. Definitely. And if you ever want to pick up podcasts because you're speaking better than I am and have to keep rewording things, uh, you could do that as well. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe down the road. I don't know. I, I have a former teammate that does one, I think. I mean, I've only played with him here. You know, uh, Ross Stripling. I just, I mean, he, I played with here a little bit here and there when he was rehabbing. He's got a podcast going out. Got to listen to him here and there. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fine. I think I'd be better suited to be a guest, though. Kind of not. Not driving the ship, just uh, little guest appearances here and there. Sounds good, too. I mean, you're doing a great job for Edge of Your Seat Podcast, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I know. I appreciate it. Getting my feet wet. I like it. Another egg in another basket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just talking about baseball, and then you kind of like, hey, I just want to stay in the sports world. Let's talk some other sports, too. Basketball, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Los Angeles Lakers just wrapped up. 
the NBA season won the championship, 17th for the Lakers, number four for LeBron, fourth MVP award in the finals for LeBron. Where does he rank in your mind as a basketball player? Uh, I mean, obviously he is uh, he's one of a kind and he's great. I try to stay away from the, the argument of who's the greatest, who's the greatest, but for me it will be, I would have to say Jordan just because I grew up and then, like, I'm a 90s kid when you're that young and you see that aura. He was, like, a basically a god to everybody. I have to keep him up there. But LeBron is definitely – he's got – I mean, he's got to be two for me. I didn't – I have to see it. Uh, that's my problem. Like, I can't go back and watch tape of all the other guys before my time. I know that there's been a ton of great ones. So, I'm kind of just going to keep it Jordan and then LeBron. But they've definitely got their own game. They're definitely both special. Uh and I could see why it's like a 1A, 1B, or a 1A, 1A, definitely. I mean, I'm the same way as you. I will always go with Jordan first. I mean, I went and seen Space Jam in the theaters like five times as like a 10-year-old. That movie was probably our childhood. Like, even you're seeing it nowadays with, our, since we're all getting older, uh, the Toon Squad jerseys have been coming out more and more on social media and everything and then kind of spreading it to the younger crowd. You see them wearing it, and they just, they don't, there's no way they get the same kind of feeling for when you're wearing that jersey that uh, that we did when we were young. I might have to go buy a Toon Squad jersey now. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. I mean, to me, it really wasn't a big surprise. Lakers had LeBron last year, kind of injury-ridden season, didn't play his best, comes back strong. I mean, dude's 35, somewhere around there, and body is crazy insane takes really really good care of himself they bring in anthony davis who is already a top five player passing of kobe bryant in january sad moment and then the lakers get a championship on top of it it just kind of seems like a movie sort of kind of yeah absolutely uh you can't knock it like you definitely just have to sit back and kind of watch it unfold here because uh with everything that went on i mean yeah kobe was special in his own right some of the greatest quotes that you'll ever find in the sports world came from that guy's mouth. So, yeah, I respect it 100%. I respected him. I never liked the Lakers, but that dude's competitiveness was off the charts. Yeah, once that all happened, it was the Lakers' year. No matter when it was going to get played, they had to win. Like, it just was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. So, glad to see it. And uh, kind of went full circle, which is good. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, everything kind of starts calming down and goes back into the normal scheme of things after but yeah that was it was definitely a, a purple and gold year that's for sure going full circle here in the intro talking about baseball you have a baseball career going on right now mlb in the american league and national league championship series down to four teams in the houston rocket oh my gosh the houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they wish yeah right <laughs> four teams left in the houston astros tampa bay rays Los Angeles Dodgers, got another L.A. team still in there, and Atlanta Braves. Have you been able to catch some games, and who do you think is going to take all this? So I didn't get to catch many regular season games when uh, we were playing, but I've been able to catch pieces here and there. I actually have not seen the Braves play, I will say that. So I can't make a full judgment on the National League Championship Series, but I, I've been lucky enough to know a lot of the guys on the Dodgers, and so I'd watch uh, some of my former teammates play. They have it rolling pretty well, so uh, I'm going to give them the edge. And then on the American League side, I've seen the Rays play here in the playoffs, and I like what I see. Their pitching depth is unbelievable, so 
when also everyone is rooting against the Astros. Let's just be honest. So that's kind of got to be in a tough spot. But I'm going to say the Dodgers and Rays end up playing each other. And then from who, from after that point, it's just, I mean, I don't know who's going to win. It does seem like an L.A. year to where the Dodgers finally break through and Kershaw finally gets his championship. So I'm not going to say I'm rooting for one or the other, but I can see it going that way maybe more than the Rays, but I can also see the Rays taking it just for how deep their team is. They don't have, like, that superstar, so they're going to play as a team. They're going to grind it out. And uh might be pretty close games here and there, but uh, with, like, a firework placed in between, I'm going to put those two against each other, and then from whatever happens at that, we'll see. I agree with you about the Houston Astros. I have been saying since the postseason started that they shouldn't even be in this year's postseason cheaters they were caught red-handed they shouldn't be able to be in the postseason the very next year be like okay you guys cheated hand slap this year go ahead and win another one i don't like it at all so every series that they go in of course i wanted the Sox to beat them that didn't happen i picked the athletics to beat them that didn't happen so hopefully the rays can get the job done yeah yeah uh, just from being in the baseball world there's definitely a lot of hostility there especially uh being in the Dodgers organization, uh, there's just tons of hostility from that because they definitely feel like they were cheated out of a World Series title. So, yeah, I don't blame anyone for rooting against the Astros. If they ended up winning it all, who knows what would happen? Like that'd be, it'd be kind of like yeah, the punishments didn't even matter. There wasn't really so because they're basically been protected. So, I, we're gonna let's just hope that it doesn't come to that. <laughs> yeah, Tampa's got to get the job done. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. When you're talking about the National League Championship Series, I think this is a series of the playoffs. No offense to the World Series and and Tampa, but I am really, really excited about Atlanta and Los Angeles. I thought, looking at the bracket coming in, I'm like, if they get there, that's going to be, to me, a World Series. Whoever wins that is going to win. You kind of got a biased opinion being drafted by the Dodgers, but I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's biased to a point, but uh, I think I'm at the point now to where I'm not I'm not rooting for the Dodgers. Uh, I'm not in their system anymore, so I don't have it, that like uh, feeling where I have to. But I definitely will root for my friends that are on the team and uh, former teammates to do well. So might not be rooting for the Dodgers in general, but I will root for them individually to do well, perform, and uh, if they get it done, they get it done. Who are some of those guys that you're speaking of, former teammates of yours that are still with the Dodgers? Uh, there's quite a few on there now. Uh, some of them are maybe are just kind of like uh, more role players here and there. But uh, Will Smith, the catcher, was a teammate of mine a couple of years. Walker Bueller uh, had a bunch of uh, playing streams with him. He was my, also my throwing partner in uh, one of the years we were spending rehab together. And then uh, look at little guys like uh, Edwin Rios, Matt Beatty, all former teammates, uh, Tony Gonsolin, other relievers here and there that I just had a little bit of time with. Um, so no, like none of the big name guys that were already up when I uh, was drafted. Just the younger guys, Gavin Lux, uh, some guys that maybe not be on the roster, but they're there, experienced at all. So it's cool to see. Definitely, and that would make me root for them too. Whether you love or hate the team that drafted you, you're no longer involved with. But those guys that you have shared all those experiences with, I would root for them too, no doubt. Right, yeah. When uh, when there's like maybe you're grinding with someone in low A for a little bit, and you see him finally make it through and. Uh, contribute to the playoff roster you definitely have to give your support to them definitely this has been awesome man thanks again i appreciate it yeah yeah absolutely 
One question I have to ask you before we play a couple games and, and then get you out of here. I was really curious. I've always been curious about this. Your name, Karch, is not a very popular name. I have never heard of it before. Where did the name Karch come from? In the late 80s and early 90s, Karch Karai was an Olympic volleyball player. I guess like the, the best volleyball player of all time. Won gold medal on the beach and indoor for the national team. So my parents had a girl's name picked out, uh, but not a guy's name. And they did not do a gender reveal. So when I came out, not a girl, they were kind of stuck in a bind. And uh, watching Crush Cry on TV kind of popped in their head. They looked at each other like, should we do it? Because they knew it was a different, uh, it was a different name. And they, they went with it. So uh, that's where the name came from. And that, yeah, I have not met another one, and I do not plan on it. <laughs> so it's kind of special. Like, every there's a lot of Brandons. There's a lot of Amandas and Ashleys and whatever, whatever. But you kind of got a unique name that you may never come across than somebody else. Right, yeah. No, there's definitely, uh, when you hear Karch in a crowd, I 100% know that people are talking to me. So uh, that is one plus. The only bad thing is when you're out in public, if you go to a Starbucks or anything where you're getting a reservation, I will never use my name because it is always responded with a what or can you spell that or what, like, what are you talking about? So that was the little simpler names come in. It's always at Starbucks. I'll use one of my brother's names or my dad's name or something like that. A reservation. I'll always put in if someone else in the party's name. It will never be my own. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. And what are your brother's names? We got Brett, who was a state qualifier for LP and track. And then you got another right. brother as well, right? Yeah, middle brother is Luke. He was uh, more on the football side, played football at Augustana. So you got Luke, Brett, and Karch. I got the short end with the weird name, but I mean, it's fine. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it the way you are, I mean, is it really the short end or is it the better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we a lot of alliteration, a lot of Ks, but yeah, no, I definitely... Uh, definitely don't mind it at all. <laughs> you say alliteration, I mean, yeah, Karch is a K, Kowalczyk starts with a K, and then Chick at the end sounds like a K, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry I had to spring that on you, but I was always curious. No, it's fine, yeah, I get, like, not afraid to ask that question, get it all the time, so. Well, let's get into some other stuff. Usually I have a guest play a game, learn something new, see what their favorites are, things like that, but we're going to do something different and play two games. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this. All right, so jotted down all the cities that you have played in as kind of your home field or your home city that you're at. So for these, I'm going to list them all off, and then you rank them for me. Give me the top five. There's more than five here, but you rank five of them for me, okay? All right, will do. All right, so I'm going to list them off. We got Glendale, Arizona, Ogden, Utah, Midland, Michigan, Rancho Cucamonga, California, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, St. Paul, Minnesota, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So rank five of those for me. All right. So I got to take Glendale, Arizona does not count, but I do love Phoenix and the Scottsdale area. So that would have been up there if my home base was actually Scottsdale, where my brother currently lives. But so if I was going to rank them, one would be Tulsa. Because, I mean, there's not as much stuff to do there, but I spent a ton of time there and got to know the town, basically. So it was, I got some uh, some ties there now. And then uh, two would be St. Paul. Cool little city right next to Minneapolis. I uh, had a lot of fun. I have a tie for third between 
Rancho Cucamonga. Spent a bunch of time there. You're in the California weather, 30 minutes from the beach. So off days are great going down to Huntington or Santa Monica, something like that. And then I would tie that with Milwaukee just because I mean, I, I'm a Midwest guy. Enjoyed my time there. It would have been probably more towards the top if it wasn't a COVID year and I could fully experience Milwaukee. And then five would be Midland, Michigan, just because I had a great host family set up. Kind of you're out in the mid- Midwest again. Great weather out there in Michigan. Beautiful. And uh, had a lot of fun that year, too. So that would be my top five. Like your top five, if you ever get the chance to go out to Milwaukee in a normal year without COVID-19, I definitely re- recommend it. One of my favorite places to go. Yeah, I, I was able to get downtown a few uh, times, but it's definitely not the same Like all the, with all the rules and everything. I can see why it probably would have been one of my favorite places for sure. Now, the other side of things, those were your home cities. You've obviously traveled all across the United States playing baseball. Give me a top five of the away cities that you enjoyed going to. All right, yeah. Uh, This one would have been a little tough just because there's so many, but uh, some of them might be a little surprising. So number one would be Springfield, Missouri, which is kind of crazy, but like the setup, the field's right downtown, the hotel's right downtown. You get to walk everywhere, and that is big when you're on the road to be able to walk everywhere because you're not Ubering or you don't have to wait for the bus. It's also a super fun town uh, at night after games, good food, and just had a had a blast there. So they're number one. Number two, I would say Frisco, Texas. It's like Disneyland for minor league baseball. It's like an old, like, white fence post kind of field, huge, lazy river in the, uh, in right field, which since the pitchers in the Dodger system don't shag BP, we got to float on the river before the games, so that definitely helps. And then you're also right by Dallas. Three is a little bit of an upset. It's Bowling Green, Kentucky. And that was, it's a hot, the field sucks there. So it's not because of the field, it's super hot, but the downtown area was some of the funnest experiences I've had in minor league baseball. So that's why it comes up there. I had some great times with uh, some of my best friends that I've made in the system. And then number four is actually in Canada, it's Winnipeg in Manitoba. Another situation where you're downtown, stay right next to the Jets stadium, or the Jets arena, I guess you could say, the hockey team. And uh, you walk to the field, tons of people go to the games, the restaurants and bar areas are super fun. And then number five is Missoula, Montana. It was just, uh, the drive out there was beautiful, had great weather when I was there, had a lot of fun. The field is a scenic kind of field with mountains in the background and everything. And I think I was up there at a time, perfect time of year, where uh, our hotel was right on a stream. You get to watch, watch the trout go by. Uh, it was just a cool experience since I'm more of an outdoors guy. So I would say those are my top five away cities. I've had great times and a ton more, so I could go on for, for days about it. What is really cool is I have never heard of a lot of these cities. I've never <laughs> heard of Frisco, Texas, or... Or Missoula, Montana. I honestly didn't know there was what you could classify cities in Montana. So that had been amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. I definitely, uh, I've definitely hit all of the small places in America, which is cool. You, you definitely see a more genuine side to the country than you would maybe in a bigger city. So definitely been uh, fun experiences going and bouncing around on a bus, even though the bus rides might suck here and there. Definitely cool. Definitely. I wish you could have saw my face when you said Springfield, Missouri as number one. Uh, yeah, I can imagine because it's like, I think right now it's like in the top three for the worst places in America for like crime and stuff like that. So 
but yeah, it was just it's just a good setup and the college town. So I mean, uh, you can you can go out at night. You're not gonna spend a ton of money. Uh, the guy like is the Cardinal system. I, we knew a bunch of guys there, so uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just uh, my and my parents could always come down because it's only six hours from the Illinois Valley, so my parents were able to make a bunch of games there. So I think that might also have another part to do with it. Uh, but just had a lot of good good times and experiences in that city for some reason. Yeah, you can add the family dynamic. That has to be awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Karch, I want to thank you, a big thank you for you spending some time on Columbus Day, <laughs> Monday, October oh, yeah, 12th, yeah. spending some yeah, time no, with us. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank you, too, for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah, man, we'll have to do this again when you win your 35th championship. <laughs> would love to would love to see that happen. <laughs> and we, you know we can catch up along the way too. So you're eighth and ninth and all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might as well just yeah count it here and there. You know, and like don't have to be every one, but maybe every five or something. Yeah, yeah, or whenever. <laughs> I mean, you're always welcome. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it.